Hello there, and welcome to episode 31, part two of F Yeah Disney. What's to look for? We're still doing a part two? Yeah. You'll see. I'm to talk about it in the intro. Hello there, and welcome to episode 31, part two of... Okay, I need you to sound a little bit more enthusiastic. Hello there. How are you doing? Let me say it like that. Uh, uh... Come on. Okay, here we go. Hello, and welcome to F Yeah Disney. We're your hosts, Julie and Jason. And we are here to give you an unfiltered view of all things Disney. We'll be covering events, news, history, food, and so much more. So strap on your ears, grab a churro, and enjoy today's episode of F F Yeah Yeah Disney. Hello there, and welcome to episode 31, part 2 of F. Yeah, Disney. How the hell are you doing today? We are recording this on May 16th, 2022, six months since we last recorded, and oh boy, do we have a lot of catching up to do. So instead of boring you with what we've been up to behind the scenes, this episode is going to be a bookend to the previous episode, plus discuss the good, bad, and ugly that has occurred within the metaverse that is Disney. But before we get into all the strange details of the last six months... Let me introduce my co-host, the Wanda Maximov to my Scarlet Witch, Miss Julie Murphy. Yeah, that's about right. So today we are going to finish our thoughts on how we feel. Wait, does that mean that we're the same person? Uh, yeah, just different spectrums at times. Amen to that. So as I was saying, today we're going to finish our thoughts on how we feel Disney has handled the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World, including the new nighttime spectaculars, the recent openings of the newest retail locations, culinary offerings, and attraction-based experiences. But you know what? It's still a flower and garden, and Julie and I had a chance to go experience it, and we had a blast, and she also had some of her own solo trips there, and, and we're going to talk about that as well. I've actually had a lot since we've last recorded. So. I know. A lot has happened, and uh, we could cover every little nitty-gritty detail if we want, but we're not going to because it would be uh, have to have a part three. <laughs> <laughs> but as we record more frequently, we'll yeah, but it just have like more s- things to say. Some highlights I could think of that uh, we've enjoyed. I ate at Citricos. Yeah. Um, we also got to experience what was Moon Knight and uh, Loki. Some Multiverse of Madness. Yep. I mean, just... Did Loki happen since the last time we recorded? I'm pretty sure. That wasn't Loki a summer thing? I don't remember. I don't know either. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I mean, <laughs> how yeah. far back are we going? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But we're only going back six months because... We could spend the next, like I said, three years just talking about that. Um, But our main point of today was to finalize the last episode where we talked about uh, our experiences from Julie's perspective as an annual pass holder and my experience as a cast member. And the good times we had, we both had a great time, but also some of the kind of craziness that was going on, the calamities of organizational things that just did not happen. Oh, Danny boy, Danny boy. No, right? No. Talk about the good times. Talk about the better times. No? Okay. Mm-hmm. Top thumping? Anyway. No, no. But, uh, yeah, a lot of things happened. Uh, Figment pop- popcorn buckets were released. You stood in line for like 12 hours for uh, the four or three that you brought home. 
I purchased <laughs> two as I was allowed, and a friend gave me a third. Yeah, and a friend gave me a fourth, so we may... One is going to Amy, so we will potentially only have three, and I really, really want to stud one of mine with Swarovski crystals, because I think that would look amazing. Well, you can do that to yours, and we should uh, maybe give the third one away. So stay tuned for Stay details. tuned for one little spice, because... That's where I planned on giving it away. So yes. follow us over there. Me exactly. and Amy. We talk about food. She's my Disney wife. Those okay. episodes will probably eventually come out soon. We are going to be releasing some From the Vault episodes, which are basically episodes that we recorded and never got around to editing and getting out in a timely manner. So they kind of became irrelevant, but still fun. Still good news. So we're still going to release them. And uh, that'll lead up to our first new episode coming up. Heck yeah. At some point. Yeah, I mean, it all. Uh, everybody enjoys talking about food. I mean, hell, we would, we've had a chance to go to several places since the buffets reopened up, and uh, got to go back home to Animal Kingdom Lodge. Oh, uh, forgot about that. If y'all have not eaten at Boma, do yourself a favor: eat breakfast, dinner, whatever buffet. I prefer dinner, but even the breakfast buffet is amazing because there's a whole bunch of stuff you probably maybe have never tried before. But literally everything at dinner is delicious. And you got to be a little adventurous. You know, trust it. Try it. Try new things. Mm-hmm. But, oh. And savor everything for is zebra cakes. Amazing. Although my favorite dessert did not come back. Uh, my favorite dessert was there. And then I brought uh, cookies home in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, we got to prepare better for these buffets. Yeah, I'm just telling you. Just like you need to line your lounge fly with a plastic bag. So when we go to these kind of things, we can fill the bag up with all the good shit that we want to bring home. We just need to buy like those little plastic containers that like fit in. Stack I mean, them. I'm just thinking you could just be in front of me in line and I could just like scrape off my plate and then refill my plate so they won't ever know. I mean, they wouldn't know if we did it at our tables too. So and They probably would. Everybody else around us too. <laughs> see us. <laughs> I think it would be more obvious if we tried to do it while we were up getting food though. Yeah, I know. So before we get into what has happened in the past and also what is coming up here in the future, we want to finish up part two here with our continuation of last episode. I guess you go first. What I want to talk about will then lead into the nighttime spectacular. I just want to say that I felt so blessed to be able to be at the parks in Magic Kingdom Mm -hmm. for the 50th. Like on the 50th. I never in my wildest dreams ever thought something like that would be possible like I'm still getting like I'm getting chills now like still thinking about it like that was the most exciting thing for me that day Mm -hmm. just being in the park like someone could have thrown up on my feet and would have been worth it (laughs) like I could have peed my pants or I don't like just (laughs) it could have been the worst day ever Mm -hmm. but still the best day ever just because of yeah being there just because of it it was just yeah, it was really cool. It's, it's definitely like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. One thing that I thought was really cool at Casey's that day, I can't remember if that was the day Casey's opened back up or what, but there was a gentleman outside singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. You know, like dressed up in the, the Casey's uniform and everything while he was like trying to calm the crowd down. But mm. that was really, really fun. Though I missed him singing and then I was like, can you do it again? And he just laughed at me because I guess, you know, they're on a schedule. That's super fun. And we didn't do any rides, which is surprising because I, I know I said this on the last episode, but like probably would have been the perfect day to go on rides because no one was there for the rides. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I definitely remember getting settled for the fireworks show earlier than I thought we would have to. Like everybody else. But Main Street, <clears throat> by the time we... I don't know, because we were walking from the front of the park. Oh, we had gone outside to see if we could get a poster. But they would only give it to us if we were leaving. And we figured, because we were park hoppers, we might not have been let back into the park. So we did not get a set. We got our posters on the way out. We just wanted to make sure. And they, they had, like, plenty. So we got our poster. So walking back in... We could just tell it was time to start setting up if we wanted at all a good spot. Yeah, unlike the people that got there to set up at the stage at like what eleven a.m. <laughs> there were there were people waiting all day. It was pretty insane. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because it wasn't just a castle show. It goes back down Main Street too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, of course, you know, from where we were, we didn't see as much detail in the castle, and I'm sure from that spot they didn't see. You know, has much detail in our section, but we didn't really see much detail in our <laughs> section either. So, but we'll go over that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it was around maybe like six thirty-seven. Yeah, it was around seven. We started setting up, yep. and I met a bunch of people. And Megan and Katie, they decided to go back a little farther where there was more room, and I set up across from where Jason was so that when he got off work, he could run right over and wouldn't have to find me. Yeah, she's crowd. referring to Crystal Arts on Main Street, right next to uh, East Side Street, I believe it's called, right there. That you can go down and uh, have your face painted. Not your face painted, but have a car- silhouette. silhouettes done, yeah, or caricature sketch done. And they also have uh, dance lessons and vocal lessons as well upstairs that uh, you can go down and hang out and listen to uh, students up there singing and uh, learning how to play this, play tap dance stuff. When we sat there for <clears throat> lunch a couple times, I didn't hear that. No. Oh. Yeah, there's a lady. There's a guy that does like a like a dun 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 dun, and then the lady sings to it. And the higher he gets, the more out of pitch her voice gets. That's hilarious. Yeah, there's a cracked window too. You can see it up there. So oh, I love that. If you're looking down the alley towards the dead end, mm-hmm. if you look up to your left, there's a small window next to our store. Like there's our hot shop window, and mm-hmm. then next to that there's like another side window that's got like a table with some things on it. That's where right where we were where sitting we sit. one day. Yeah, because yeah. that. Disneyland on their side street, they have a dentist, and oh, you can hear fun. people in there getting their teeth pulled and drills happening and stuff. Huh. Yeah, there's a lot of fun audio secrets within the Magic Kingdom, specifically that uh, what we'll to do a whole episode on some inside secrets of, of Magic Kingdoms or of the theme parks in general. So you guys set up around seven o'clock. So I remember you sent me a text saying, "Hey, uh, gonna start getting ready to set up on Main Street," and I'm like, yep. "It starts at nine o'clock." And you and like everybody else also started setting up. So well, that's why we set up because everybody else was. So mm-hmm. we knew we needed to get some sort of decent spot. But yeah, so I was sitting there. I made some friends, and then I remember at one point, it was really cool because like we, you know, formed this bond sitting there for you know two hours together. But this one guy who, like, they knew we had been standing there, like they saw, and they kind of like tried to squeeze themselves in, and they were all significantly taller and quite jerks then the people we were with and one of the girls started having like a panic attack so like all of us were like excuse me you can't just push people out of the way and scoot like we're saving room for people and they saved room for jason and they like got to know jason through me already (laughs) um and then when the show started well right before the show started when jason came out it was really funny because i saw him come out and (laughs) Trying to get his attention, I scream, Jason. And literally everyone else waiting around us turned to me to look. 
and Jason did not. But then all of those people, since I'd gotten their attention, I'm like, that one, that one, we're waiting for him. Can you help him through? And uh, Jason describes it as the seas were parting for him. Yeah, I want to tell the full story here in a little bit once I'm done with my day. Oh, you have a better story than mine? Yeah, because I wanted to talk about how Disney has these magical moments that we all have that are our our own perspectives Mm -hmm. of our days. And then Jason made it to me, and then we saw the show. Mm -hmm. But before we talk about that, what were the magical, happy, awesome parts of your day that were the 50th celebration? I'll make mine short and sweet. Maybe I should have said shortish instead of Swedish. (laughs) So uh, my home base as a cast member is Epcot. And I knew that it was also Epcot's 39th birthday, but they were also celebrating the 50th for magic. But we would have some specific things that for us, I wasn't really sure what I was getting into. So basically what I did was I showed up to magic or to uh, Epcot at around 10 AM. My shift at magic was starting at noon, I believe. And I went there wearing one of my quote unquote costumes, which is just a pair of khakis and a shirt. Went there, got my stuff. Uh, We were still wearing masks at the time. But they did allow us to take our masks off for the photos. And then I got to get, uh, we got some cast exclusive posters, like some little mini posters for uh, Harmonious and also for the Remy Ride. And then they gave us a book of recipes on how to make Ratatouille and a couple of different things too. Little little pocketbook. Or was that different? It was, was it? Uh, just a card. Oh, was it just a card? Okay. I think it's on the fridge. It's right over there. Oh, yeah. I think those were left over from when Ratatouille came out, right? Or did I get that at Food and Wine? No, that was definitely... Was it the same thing? Yeah, because Remy's had just come out and Harmonious had just started, so I'm sure that... Yeah. This is the problem of uh, recording something that's eight months old. <laughs> i trying to remember it all. But uh, it was about 85 degrees, if I remember correctly. And so as I'm like walking from my car inside, I'm sweating my ass off. And then outside again to my car, I'm sweating my ass off. But I did have a change of clothes because I had a specific outfit I wanted to wear at Magic Kingdom for the day because I was able to swap out shifts with one of my other artists. So he worked Epcot, I worked Magic Kingdom. So I got my tchotchkes from Epcot, uh, hauled ass over to Magic Kingdom, changed in my car, got my bow tie on and everything, and then uh, went and caught the bus into the tunnels took my way up to go to my store. And on the way in through the Teledors, they had a setup for the 50th. And they had Minnie out there in her 50th outfit, which was super fun. Uh, The line was super long. I didn't get a chance to really wait in line for it. But they did have uh, our posters. They were given out. They had a park uh, map of that day or the guide map. Yeah, which is the same one that they they gave out to us, right? You got one of those. Yep. Very then, cool. I think uh, it's really cool that they did that for the cast too, because obviously yeah. you wouldn't have been able to, you know, go up front yeah, and get those. Yeah, but exactly. you know, you were there, so you should be able to have proof of it too. Yep. So I think that's awesome. And then uh, we got a little uh, little cake that had like a little white chocolate castle fiftieth thing. Was on Was it there. like one of those brownie things in one of those containers? Plastic or was containers. It like yeah. Yeah. Which are always super delicious. Mm-hmm. And I always have like uh, the thought of like the food preps process of creating like. 10,000 of those things. You know what I mean? That's it's pretty crazy. I'm sure they made them like over the last 6 months or so. Well, something. it's interesting too because even when I worked at there was this place uh called Cookies by Design up north um and they make like cookie bouquets and we had an order for staples and it was like a thousand cookies or something like that and the staples logo was cut out was like printed on sugar paper. Mm. And then we'd peel that off and like wet it onto the the frosting and that's how we made the cookies it wasn't and like for my nephew's christening 
I had a friend who printed his picture onto discs because they make people do cookies with them now too. It's insane. Mm -hmm. Um, But they have printers. And so I got his face printed on. Heck yeah. Little wafers that I put on top of his cupcakes. Yeah, I'm sure it was something done like that. It's just just cool how they can do that. Uh, But I hauled ass upstairs. I was early, obviously, too, because I didn't have to be there until noon, but I was there at like 11, so I wanted to make sure I got my stuff. And then as I go upstairs, I walked out into our store, which was a complete chaos. Uh, we, we were offering and selling a 50th tiara that we sold out that day. All of our glasses and everything, that anything we had customized and made for the 50th was just sold out within the first couple hours. The tiaras sold out, and then we were taking orders on them also. So we had a line all day of ladies and uh, dudes also that were buying like 10 at a time, and they were like $75 at the time, I think, we were selling it for. Which ones? Our 50th tiara. That was 65 that day. Okay. The one that has the little like heart. And the 50th. Or like the ears or whatever. It's real big and gaudy looking. That I said I wanted one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then because I had a little bit more time to kill, I helped out with some of the some of the guests because their cast was just overworked. Um, and then uh, Kimberly, who's one of my fellow cast members, and I went back downstairs. She didn't get a chance to get her stuff yet. So her and I went back down there. And so I got another poster and another map and also another cake and then uh minnie was not down there at that time there was nobody down there i was kind of mad because there was no line either and i was like oh shit i can get in line <laughs> and i realized because there was no character so we went back upstairs i started my day on the torch working um i asked julie early on that day i'm like hey what should i make today it's the 50th and she's like why don't you make the partner statue and that would be crazy to make. So instead, something I've always wanted to make at work was making the Nautilus and the squid from 20,000 Leagues on the Sea. It came out so incredible. So I ended up spending my entire day, which I was there until 10, I believe, uh, basically just making a giant squid and the Nautilus. And I was pretty pumped about it. And I, then eventually I connected the two together. So it was a fun thing. I'll see if I can find pictures. I did take pictures of it. They weren't the best, but I'll throw them up on our Instagram I think you got a few good pictures. You sent me some good pictures of it. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, so then about 10 till 9, because I, I knew the and show. And then I got to go in there and say, hi, baby. Yeah, she stopped All by then. and on and off, show me what she bought with her friends, and it was a lot of fun. They got some videos of me working and stuff. And then, uh, which I posted on my personal Instagram, which you can follow my personal, is at Glass. And uh, ours is F yeah underscore Disney, and I'll put that in the links. So ten to nine came. Uh, my manager and everybody that was working knew I was going to be just taking a quick break. So I go to clock out, and I'm told not to clock out. I was told specifically that I was going to be paid. He's like, "You're being paid to go watch this show. Come back with a full review." So I went out there, took off my name tag. Well, actually, at first I didn't take my name tag off because. <laughs> I just wasn't thinking. I was just so excited trying to find Julie. So like she said earlier, you know, I, her and I, I sent her a text. She started waving at me and then she calls my name. And uh, the way they had it set up was that so people can get back and forth from the uh, Emporium to like, say, the other side of the street. Uh, they had a gap where they had a couple cast members guiding people back and forth because it was literally a can of sardines of people from the hub on the castle all the way up to the hub in uh, the downtown area of uh, Town Hall. It was fucking well, insane. Well, it's crazy because even now, like I was there the other day and people were already lining up even mm-hmm. all the way back at the, the train station. It's just insane. Yeah, it's it's crazy. 
I was trying to figure out the best way to get to where she was because I couldn't tell if she was in the middle or if she was closer to the other side of the street, what have you. So I walked down the little thing where people are cutting through, and I see a cast member, and I had my name tag on. And I was like, yeah, I'm trying to get in there and get to my wife. And then she looks, she looks down at my name tag, and I was like, oh, I, mean, I bet she take that off. So I took off my name tag. And then she's like, well, we'll see what's uh, – I think she's probably closer to the other side. So I go back to where I was, which is right in front of my store. And I stand there, and there's a group of people on the sidewalk sitting there. And they look up at me, and they said, Jason? I said, yep. And I could just barely see Julie's hand kind of waving in the middle of the crowd. <clears throat> and I swear, I, and this isn't exactly how, how it happened. It went down. But I felt like everybody there was expecting me, and that I was like Moses, and I was parting the Dead Sea. And li- like people just, little by little, they all just kind of spread apart and opened it up for me to walk through. And clearly walked through, and I felt like as soon as I got there, everybody cheered and were super excited that I was there for the show. Yeah, it was super fun. Yeah, and whether or not that was the case, that was kind of like her and her and I were talking uh, earlier. Kind of a a thought that I had the other day was how each of us have our own individual individual magical experiences when we go to Disney. Uh, as you know, we all know that we go see Mickey. He's a furry costume with a teenager you know probably inside of it but when you're actually they are real but but when you're there in person and actually see mickey in person the magic that disney creates you turn into a five-year-old kid that i you, got to hug daisy yeah exactly and you remember it for uh, most part you'll remember that shit forever so for me my magical experience not only as a cast member and being on stage and doing my thing but also like then being immersed into the crowd and being welcomed in so welcome and lovingly and just, it was just amazing walking in there. So one of the guys in the group that she was talking about was taking photographs. So it helped out him uh, recording the show. He actually had a little bit of a clearance around him for the tripod that he had set up, um, which made it a little easier for them to also kind of save some space for us. And then the people we had in front of us also, um, but of course, as it goes with most shows you go see at Disney outside, generally there is always one kid that is on a shoulder and is right in your view. It helps that I'm six foot tall, uh, but when it comes to most other people, that they can't. He was also put on the shoulders of like the tallest man in the party who was yeah. already like six inches to a foot taller than everyone else in front of us. Yeah. Yeah, so... That was our that was our perspective was the back of this kid's head. But even though it, he was only he was probably like a hundred feet away from us. It really made like a cute video too. Like that would be something that like Disney would post. You know, like the back of his head was lit up because he was a little blonde kid, and you know, obviously the lights from Main Street were still playing. Like it was mm-hmm. very like it was still cute. I tried yeah, to no, kind of look at it as like uh, uh, this yeah. kid like. For him, like that experience is just going to be something that absolutely sticks with him forever, and Hell like yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, it's like me having bubs on my shoulders for the, his yeah. first time seeing Electric Light Parade. Exactly. Or I thought it was Happily Ever After. Uh, was it it was, it was, no, he's Wishes. No, was it Wishes? Happily ever, yeah, Happily Ever After wasn't around yet. Candace was well into her late teens when her and I saw it for the first time. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yes, ma'am. But yeah, so. So anyway, so we sat there and crowd was going crazy everybody's cheering the excitement it was interesting i i definitely got chills and cried during the show the only time i did was from elsa (laughs) 
I just, I and just I think, had to laugh about it afterwards. I just think the whole experience and the the day and the moment and exactly what it was mm. is what made the show so special. I think for me, I still haven't sat and watched it since. Yeah. So for me, it was going to be my purge from COVID and and the emotional uh, experience that I had personally just dealing with COVID and being in out of Disney and not at work and experiencing life in a situation. So for me going out there, I was looking forward to being a hot fucking mess and just ball my eyes out through the entire show. And like I did when I saw uh, illuminations, I did that because of other, other things because of the show itself, but also because I have ties to it. Um, well, it's crazy also because two days before that, the same thing happened. I went there to see happily ever after for the last time. And I stood right in the middle and, <laughs> Jason came out and they yeah. parted the sea for him and and that was on what September 29th and then October 1st. And it was lame, like the crowd that we saw it with. I uh, so I'll uh, I guess to tie the show itself was very to tie moving. to yeah for sure. But to tie my emotional experience that I had between both experiences, I think part of why my experience seeing Enchantment wasn't as good also was because I had, I had high expectations for one. Because I'm, it's the 50th. I'm expecting Walt and, and Mickey and other things to be incorporated in the show. And we could get into the show if you haven't seen it yet. It's on YouTube. You know, we don't need to just, like, get into the details and the nitty-gritty of it. I love the musical score for it. I love the whole concept of we are the magic, in a sense, because we help create the magic as well. A lot of guests are there that are handing shit out to people, giving away back in the day when Fast Passes were given out and I'd have an extra one. I always love to give them to people that were there waiting in line and also vice versa being given people's fast passes or there's guests that make things and come in and give them to cast members. Like I've gotten a lot of fun, magical maker coins I've been given, you know, so I, I appreciate Disney's philosophy, but for me, for the 50th anniversary, there should have been some representation of its past, not an IP driven show that incorporates the, the people as being the reason why Disney is magical. And it, Disney's also incorporating everybody, as we, the cast members included, because it's part of our philosophy, too, with, the, with our new name tags, etc. But I, I still f- feel like maybe the reason for me personally why I didn't enjoy that and also the final viewing of Happily Ever After is because of where we were. Most of the times I've seen Happily Ever After... I'm right next to Walt and Mickey on Main Street in the castle, and like I'm enveloped in this... Well, yeah, because the first time you and I saw it... Yeah, I've only se- the only time I've ever seen shows on Main Street were the times that we've seen the last two shows. Me too. Every other time, I'm amongst the the craziness that's on Main on the, the hub of Main Street, and I don't and I don't know. Maybe when we see Enchantment again, if it'll be a different experience, if we can see it down further. I also know that there are issues with them getting in fireworks and stuff. Well, I just know for when we saw Happily Ever After for the last time, that was on Main Street because I was on crutches and the lights were on the whole time. Yeah, and I was on crutches, and you—it was raining and stuff. So yeah, which which it was the same way for illuminations. It rained a little bit, and then it rain stopped. It was there was definitely it was a magical experience seeing uh, happily ever after for the last time. Don't get me wrong. Well, the first time I saw it was with you, so it was very emotional for me. Yeah, I just feel like I was more angry <laughs> that it was ending than anything else. You know, illuminations I was okay with. I think if we didn't have Epcot forever after Illuminations, you would have been way more pissed. Yeah. Oh, totally. Like if it went straight into Harmonious. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I Actually, Epcot forever, if they brought that back and got rid of Harmonious, I would be stoked. <laughs> yeah. You know. <coughs> like it was so simple. It was but a simple retro show. 
all the feels. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and and so I guess my biggest takeaway. So I mean, I guess we can just to, I guess just put a cap on 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 enchantment because I want to then get into Epcot. Right, because we did talk about Epcot a little bit on the last episode, but like the good stuff that's happened with the fiftieth spaceship Earth, etc. Um, I think there were some some things that are going to get worked out eventually with Enchantment. It might make it a better experience for the show. I don't know. I do know that they said that early on the fireworks weren't as full as they wanted them to be because of getting things in from overseas, and now the show is its full, complete show. I still feel like there's so much going on with the fireworks that it takes away from you wanting to watch the castle and vice versa. Um, and I figured that's just why they had less fireworks. Right. Exactly. Um, but I, I I don't know. I, ho- I I personally hope that this is just a temporary show for the 50th, and that once the 50th is over, that maybe they'll do a we happily ever after we are the magic mixture kind of combo because like for instance with enchantment all of a sudden tinkerbell is coming off the thing i'm like why is she coming off at this point in time <laughs> it made sense to me but i haven't seen it since and i can't remember but i remember explaining it to you why it actually made sense there but i, I just think that they, you, when, you know you but can it, it made when, sense. when they're getting into the 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 story and the philosophy that they created with happily ever after and how we which is the basis for waltz philosophy and and everything he's wanted for his parks as an experience is that you walk in these places and you can create your own fantasy but you can also walk out of that place and also create your own fantasy and reality by living large dreams and fulfilling those dreams doing whatever it takes you know what i mean and and dreaming big and i think that's what really what happily ever after was about was like living and fulfilling our happiest ever after we could possibly have you know which he's they're saying in that part of the of that uh uh, the crescendo in the sense of this this music is, you know, you can fly, you can fly. And then Tink goes off the thing and they go into the song. There was a there was a point in time in Enchantment, which I thought was amazing for myself because I got people laughing was like... Sorry, that was while you were talking. It's okay. Getting people to laugh was a fun thing during the show because there was this pause towards the end. <laughs> I mean, it was a, it's a good pause and all of a sudden I'm like... Like that, which is a segment towards yeah. the end of Happily Ever After. And everybody laughed. That was great. And all I said was, I wish that's what was going to happen, you know, because that's what I was expecting. So, I don't know. I just really hope that Disney seems like they're listening to the people from uh, listening to other shows out there where they talk about the surveys that are being put out there. And I think Disney is really understanding that they fucked up. I also... Devil's Advocate side of me understands there was COVID. There were things that really got to get put on hold because of finances and budgets and stuff, and they couldn't do everything. But it's the 50th anniversary, and it only happens once ever. People came there that have never been there before. People came back 50 years later because they got married there. Like, I met a lot of couples that are like, we're here celebrating our 50th anniversary during the 50th anniversary of Magic Kingdom and Disney because we got married 50 years ago here in the park. Yep, just got chills. I just wish Walt and Roy, specifically Roy, because Roy is why we have the Walt, Walt, Walt Disney World. Yep. You know. Um, so, I don't know. That's my rant. And overall, I think that they've put out some fun stuff. Merchandise has been great. Food's been fun. They've been moving things around and changing things up. This All the 50th statues that are out are fun. We've gotten all the, 
the pennies. It still blows my mind that the they're called like the Waltz special meals or something for the 50th in like Casey's Corner. Cosmic Rays has one. It is $19.71. Clever, but give more food than the same thing that's $11 yeah, I'm, I'm on the gonna, menu. I'm going to pay this because this was the year that Magic Kingdom was opened. Like, how about you uh, charge us the price that this would have cost in 1971 instead? You know what I mean? Like, that would have been that, a cute thing. That I mean, super cute. They would have sold out of all of them because it would have been the cheapest thing in the menu. But, you know, yeah. so expensive for no reason. Yeah, it's silly. Yeah, so... Last we recorded this, we had not yet seen Harmonious or also been to Animal Kingdom and seen uh, the Tree of Life at night. So We hadn't seen Harmonious yet? No. Uh, no, and we were going to record part two after we saw it. So I guess a quick overview of Animal Kingdom is that there really isn't much to see. <laughs> they have the kite show. We haven't seen that yet. I mean, <laughs> you know, but... Uh, uh, I mean, if you want to watch Mufasa die all over again. Oh, no, that one's Simba, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's... Uh, Oh, as far as the kite goes? Yeah, the kite's Simba. Yeah, I think it's Simba, yeah. But yeah, it's, it looks like a cute show. I want to go see it. I know some people are huge fans of it. I um, mean, I definitely want to see it. It seems cute, but just the end seems really traumatizing. Yeah, it's just that the only way logistically that they can get the kites out of there without it looking like they're being taken off stage, quote unquote, is by just crashing them into it's the by bleachers. by murdering them into the bleachers? Yeah. I feel like... We know they're kites. They're not real. I, I just feel like that is the worst i don't know either way we definitely want to go see kite tails um but that being said the light up tree the beacon of light or whatever what do they call them the right not beacon of light something of light the what what they're calling each individual the weenies weenies it's not the beacon of light there's a name the for weenies it. of light yeah that's what we'll call it the uh yeah but anyways so they the did, beacon they, of weenies they do a cute light show um it's really trippy and psychedelic i don't know we got married to the Christmas. I mean, we got engaged to the Christmas version. Yeah, but there's more. There's more going on with the Christmas version that you can see as far as the animation goes. This one looks like it's a. Uh, I can see the animation. Yeah, I love it. they they highlight some of the some of the sculptures get highlighted, so they really stand out. But I think what would have been awesome if they could have done that with all of them, and then had those sculptures then come alive. You know, on the tree, like maybe somehow or other, you know, giving them maybe like natural textures, like whatever their fur or feathers would have been. Instead of doing like this watery, ripply kind of moving, flowing of nature and bugs. And th- I don't know. It's well, kinda... I like that they don't turn into real characters. I like that they stay as their wooden sculptures. Yeah, I just think it'd be kind of neat. Because then they go back to being a sculpture. Yeah. Just in me as a, you know, my my brain. But it's beautiful. I mean, I'll say that much. I, I always do enjoy the tree being lit up and its spectacularness at evening shows. Um, but outside of that, nothing really to uh, write home to mom about. Nope. Expedition Everest is closed now. It's open to back up again. Oh, already? I think so, yeah. They did rehab and stuff. Not uh, Disco Yeti, but just some probably cleaning up the track and painting and removing all the hair ties, you know, that kind of stuff. And uh, I know the bird was fixed last time, a couple times we went on it. The giant condor that flies. What are you talking about? When you go into the the broken train track area where all the hair ties are, and that bird comes off from behind the mountain side, the rock. When the ride first opened, there was a bird that would come over, and then it stopped working for some reason, and then they brought it back, and they got it working again. I do not remember this bird. No. But it is open and only has a 35-minute wait. Let's go. Hey, how about that? Um, yeah, so 
Fast forward over to the experimental prototype community of tomorrow and the 50th. Uh, for the longest time, that was a, time. a park of walls Whoa. and construction. Okay, we're going to get us flagged and then we can't uh, make any money on I this. I get 30 seconds to sing it. It doesn't matter. YouTube's a motherfucker. Yeah, YouTube rule is 30 seconds. Okay. But also, don't forget about the contest. Yes. Y'all will find out about the contest at the end. Mm, contest. So, yeah, Epcot. There has been a lot going on there uh, as far as moving and shaking. We talked about earlier with things opening up with uh, the creation store that used to be Mouse Gear. Uh, they, mouse Gears. Uh, mouse Gears. And then now we have the uh, uh, Connections. Yes. Starbucks place that's open. Connections Cafe. Guardians Galaxy opens up in a week from now. Remy's re- opened up. Uh, the Moana area's got the rocks sculptures being put in and installed. You Club Cool's that. opened up. Hey, being short. Yep. And then the monorails now have a beautiful illuminated underbelly as they pass through the parks. Oh, we're going way back. And, uh, oh yeah. And I think that that's one of the cool things that they've done for the 50th is to update the monorails with that the color, you know, that they all have. I can tell you about the best thing that's happened in Epcot. Yes. I don't think we're ready to talk about that yet. No. But what I th- I think is fun with the light up is it uh it's kind of like a draws your attention and it's like, "Hey, come follow me. There's something cool over here." Instead of, you know, you see some fucking douchebag down the street and he's got neon lights on his car. And if you're listening to this and you have neon lights in your car, whatever. Maybe not whatever. Maybe you're a douchebag, maybe you're not, but take them off of your car. They make you look like a douchebag no <clears> matter <throat> how cool you think they make you look. Yeah. So and they're illegal. Stop it. I'm not going to follow that person to wherever, but if I see a monorail going through a space, I'm like, oh, what the hell is this? And maybe you want to follow it to where it's going, which is into Epcot. And for the longest time, I thought that those... And it takes cooler pictures. ...only lit up when they got close to the monorail track. I didn't realize it was all going through Magic Kingdom and everything. I thought that they were off. There was a night we went to Magic Kingdom, and I remember seeing the monorail come by, and the lights were... You literally just said the monorail when it's on the tracks. Yeah, but the... Uh, you said it lights up when it's on the tracks. On the tracks for Epcot. The Epcot track. I didn't realize it was all the monorails on all the lines that light up. Because I thought when I saw one go through Magic Kingdom during the 50th that the lights were off. And then by the time they then head to Epcot, they turn them on. So it's the future going into Epcot kind of deal. But that's not the case. Because I've since seen them going through the contemporary and then going into the monorail With lights station. on? With lights on, yeah. Yeah, the green one, because I'm trying to get all footage of the green one driving all around the place. I got you some. I know. Thank you. So the monorails are pretty badass. If you haven't seen those yet, uh, there's lots of videos out there. Uh, we have one I posted up of a monorail that passed us as we were heading into Epcot, and the video is of that, and then I pan over, and then you have the glorious Spaceship Earth. Ah, <sighs> Spaceship Earth. That is and, the best thing they've done yeah, for we, the 50th. And I, I know we talked about it last episode, but since then, they have done other things. Uh, they did the Rainbow Connection for the Festival of the Arts. They did Pocahontas for Flower and Garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so beautiful. Yeah, it's a, it's a really amazing technological concept that they could use for this thing as a canvas to make an art show, you know, and with the music, which Julie has, big, has uh, grown to enjoy and appreciate even though it's really loud for her still. But having the oh, li- it's having the lights from the fountain that's been put in there with the now new... That's really pretty. But I always want to touch that water because it always seems so cool and refreshing and I just want to like dive into it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So with that, uh, the flags of all the communities mm-hmm. that they're uh, putting in, all that stuff is really awesome. But Spaceship Earth itself just looks so magnificent. Absolutely amazing. And they have the lights that come off straight from the top and then ones that shoot off the sides. So you get all sorts of fun, different lighting effects. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just so gorgeous. Yeah, it's gnarly. And from a distance, you can see the... From a distance. Again. You can see the beams going off the fountain straight up in the air. And you see the, the, the glow. That's probably a good thing. And you can see the glow of Spaceship Earth, especially when it's like post-fireworks show, when the whole place is hazy and full of sulfur in the air from the humidity of Florida. And then everything's... I remember that one day. Really glowing gnarly. That was insane. Mm-hmm. But are we going to talk about Harmonious at all? Yeah, I was about to, actually about to say that. So Harmonious, since we have seen it now. So I thought eh, it's cool. We like pace back and forth trying to find a spot close to the center. And then where they have the part roped off for like the dessert parties and, you know, the people that pay for those reservations or whatever it is. Right before the show starts, like literally they go to fill up the rest of the area with mm-hmm. other people. So we got a spot nice, close, up front, centered. Yep. And got covered in lovely firework ash. Yep. Yeah, because the show is the biggest firework show that they've done so far, uh, If depending on which way the wind blows, you will more than likely get some kind of firework debris on you. Like, there were a couple times where I thought the, the actual firework itself, like the sparkliness, was, was going like, to come down too low. It was kind of crazy. Yep. It's cool how they're timed that the way they are, but a certain wind blowing, it could definitely and be And it was windy the night we were there, for sure. Um, okay, so I'm going to start with the positives. Yes. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's glorious. Technologically-wise, it's gnarly. They did incorporate other languages mm-hmm. from around the world. Which I appreciate So that. I like that. Yep. It was pretty. Yep. I mean, okay, so if this wasn't an Epcot show, if this was just a pretty Disney fireworks show... We'll call, in the Magic Kingdom. If this was in the Magic Kingdom mm-hmm. and I was watching it... I would have enjoyed it a lot better. Mm-hmm. But my issue with this is it's Epcot. Mm-hmm. And with... I was going to call it The Incredibles. The previous show. Illuminations? Illuminations. Like with Illuminations, it told a story about the world and bringing the world together and the world and what Epcot is. You know, it's bringing all of these cultures together. Mm-hmm. And so it was representative of that. Epcot Forever had relevance in the park because it was all the music from all the rides and, you know, all the different parts of the park that, you know, some don't exist anymore. Some are still there, but, you know, nostalgia. Mm -hmm. This one is all it, it felt like watching Enchantment, kind of. Like, same music, had Go the Distance in it, you know, had... I'd call it... uh Happily Ever After 2.0. Yeah, a little bit. So I just, <clears throat> the songs for the different countries, like, so they did Mulan for China. Mm-hmm. Okay, cute. And they sang in Chinese, Mandarin. But, and India did the Jungle Book and had some really fun, like, authentic Yeah, the, the visuals for the show like, are, like, Puppets and stuff like that. Incredible. Like, it was very, very cool. I just would have liked to see like native music and like natives Mm -hmm. doing some sort of, you know, cultural thing that kind of teaches you something instead of just being, you know, all the cartoons we know and love. And I Mm -hmm. feel like that's something that 
Disney has gotten away from and honestly every thing related to children growing up and learning I feel like has lost its educational yeah as uh Michael Eisner called it edutainment well and like that's the thing kids don't really realize that they're learning something but it's something that's gonna stick with them Epcot was my favorite park yeah yeah. always especially when like like Communicore was there and like they had like things you could interact with and do and the home of the future like all that shit you know I mean I still I still will I remember at one point they had like this big fun game thing not like game but like that you walked through that helped you learn how to save it had like a little piggy bank and you got like little you got to fill it up with like little coins and you got to make decisions and at the end you got to see like how much money you had left over or you know if you spent it all or saved it or whatever and it was educational but like a super fun little thing for kids to do Mm -hmm. and i miss that so i i think what is the core of all this which is kind of how i want to end this segment is that disney has no longer uh, that disney is no longer catering to us as far as their as far as our age group yeah our generation and there's and it's several generations because i feel like so canis my daughter her stepdaughter is 23 this year which is fucking crazy so to me they're starting to cater to their kids generation right like people that are in like the the, whatever generation that is that that are in there it's like the not even the millennials like i think the the, the millennial generation their kids in yep. a sense are who they're they're going to the kids that have seen movies going back to frozen like if you started with frozen as the beginning of the of the new but even like toy story and you know moving from that yeah for sure but i think i think the reason toy story is involved in it is because the kids started say with frozen and the parents who showed them, who took them to go see Frozen, the movie theater, also had the other ones on DVD or whatever. So those get incorporated into stuff. I doubt Frozen was the first movie but, you any know, of them saw. Right. But I'm just thinking, I'm thinking of the generation of Disney's found an IP that went fucking crazy that they were not expecting. None of us expected it. You know what I mean? Like I made, I tell guests all the time, I made a thousand Olafs in the last six years. But Disney saw the monetary value in creating an IP that they can then take and say, okay, what can we connect this to? Which is why Frozen is now in in Norway. Um, But I think what they're doing with Epcot, Epcot's change and evolution is turning into a place that they're going to continue to educate, but they're going to educate through IP-related nostalgia and connecting people to a specific area based on something that they already know before they even come into the place. Instead of coming into a place where they may have no knowledge at all about, say, Japan or China or Norway or whatever. But they go to Norway and the kids are like, oh, shit, I, I know who Anna and Elsa are. So now I can connect on this ride. And then maybe you get a little bit of story of what happens in Norway by going to the store and purchasing some things. Remember when the ride used to teach you about the right. so country of Norway? Retro Disney podcasts, if you haven't listened to those guys, these guys do a, a incredible job at giving a lot of history on Disney itself. And they, I think they're going... It's, it's 30 years and back based on when a ride opened, you know, type of thing. So they just did a, a whole episode on Maelstrom. And I had didn't know this and didn't, and I, I knew it, but I didn't think about it. Is that if you think about every ride that you've gone to that had a film and a ride in it, you 90% of the time saw the film first. Universe of Energy, the seas at before it was even Nemo, this it was the Living Seas. You saw a movie that before you went into the thing. 
there were certain movies that you would see first, and then you would go experience the ride. So in Norway, you actually did the ride first, and then you saw the movie. So the ride didn't make any fucking sense to you because it's these bits and pieces of these little things with not any kind of connection. I don't except know. The that ride made so much sense to me. Well, yeah, because you're able to take deductive reasoning and put things together. And, you know. I mean, it's literally a ride that starts out, <clears> here's <throat> the history of Norway, and then talks about the history of Norway. Right. But if you saw the movie first... And and then you went on the ride because the ride is just highlights of the film. Most of us would just walk through that theater as fast as we could because we didn't want the doors to close and for us to get stuck inside of it. So it just seems like Disney is now creating these communities, quote unquote, that are going to be IP tied and related and associated with to allow people to have a familiarity and an experience that they can walk into and say, oh my God, I know who this is. I know what this is. What else can I know about these? They kind of expand their universe in a sense. You know, it'd be really cool if the ride was Elsa and Anna teaching people about Norway Mm -hmm. through Arendelle as if it were the same culture. Yeah, I don't even know. Is Arendelle actually in Norway? Arendelle's not real. I know, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) So it's, it's, for me, after I saw Harmonious, I was pissed. I mean, I literally walked away from that mad. And, like, I was dancing, I was singing along, and it was awesome as a show, not as an Epcot show. Here's my biggest complaints about this show. For one, that's too loud. Because there's so much there's so much going on with it, it's already so stimulating as it is with the technology, the lights, the lasers, the fireworks, the screens, all the shit going on. The area that we were in was a great vantage point. But they have the fucking street lights that are still lit still the whole on. time. So the lights were on, so it totally killed the mood. And also, because of where we were, we got firework shit on us. Again, that was because and of the I way was just the hoping that was none blowing. of it was going to be lit. Yeah, totally. So, and then I walked away pissed because I was like, this is the same songs that I heard last night. Yeah, for a little <laughs> basically. Thing, yeah, when we saw Enchanted. I think. What really worked for Illuminations is that they told a three-part story on the creation of the Earth and then the people and then the, the current times and possible future of like how we are the world together as this big, large community who all share stories around the campfire kind of deal. Incorporating everything like that into it over a three-part, you know, with the music, you name it. Same as Enchantment, there doesn't seem to be a specific story that's being told. You don't know what's part one. No, Part it's just kind of like, whatever. here's some nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah, so anyways, I think just overall, what it's coming down to is those that are in an age group of like, say, 25 and up, Disney is no longer catering to us. You can go there and still have an incredible time and a magical experience, but what they're doing now is they're getting the next generation's ready for this stuff so that Do you know what they're doing they're hooking the next generation in so when they all turn 21 they can make lots of money off of them that yeah it's smart business they're they're beginning to manipulate but we are the ones with the money to drink now i'm not gonna go spend money to drink around epcot and watch harmony poop although so the last time i saw harmonious i saw it with my cousins Mm -hmm. and the kids and like seeing it kind of like through all their eyes because, you know, it's the first fireworks show they've seen. And they've never been to Disney before. Well, I mean, the old uh, my cousin has um, and his wife. But the kids, like, it was their first time, you know. So they really had nothing to compare it to except, like, you know, this is awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and we watched it over by, like, Norway. Like, between China and Norway right there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so we didn't get the full screen, but it was almost better that way. Like we got what was projected on the the side ones and all the fireworks mm-hmm. and all the water and everything and heard the music, but we didn't get the the front like that main circle and on, it was glorious to watch from there. I had an amazing time. Yeah, the the stage is set up symmetrically, so there's a central water screen that looks like a crazy corridor to another dimension. But you can only like see it from the front side. Right, exactly. And then there's also a side arm kind of things there's, I guess there's four of them that are set up in pods that have these crazy moving arms that shoot fireworks and water and stuff. Now, I guess the guy that choreographed this show specifically is known for doing shows that only have one vantage point, which is directly in front of it, the same way that the same guy also did Enchantment. So with, en- with Enchantment... Enchantment, it makes sense, because you can't... I mean... It, it does. I, I, I kind of want to get a feeling for Enchantment from inside the hub yes. to be able to turn around and look back down Main Street instead of being on Main Street and being so close to those... Uh, exactly. I want to see what they look like. Not so fuzzy and blurry, you know. They still look good. And see the detail of the castle a little bit better too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah. So, it's it's a disappointment. I did, I've heard also that there are a lot of companies who have uh, in the past rented out, say, the little platforms over in Italy or in France for the nighttime shows. I've uh, canceled and said no thanks. Because it's not worth them to have this big party and spend, you know, half a million dollars or whatever it costs. For not a great vantage point. For having a, yeah, having a shitty vantage point. Like, over in Italy or over in Paris were great vantage points for Illuminations. Illuminations was designed to be a 360-degree show, minus a couple spots. But still. However, this is a pretty much straight-on show. So, you know, I'm not going to, like kick the can down the street and I say... I still want to do the, the dinner thing that they have at DeRozan Crown yeah, with the we, unlimited I, beer. I definitely want to experience the show from different areas and, and on different mind states, you know, in a sense. Uh, maybe enjoy it more. Maybe I will hate it more. I don't know. But I just know that it's very disappointing from what has happened from the perspective of us and most people for what Disney has done for the 50th. I don't know what else to say. It's just a uh, bump, bump, but um, and it seems to be way more. They spent more, like they focus more about the merchandise than oh yeah, the experience. Yeah, it seems the merchandise is a big focus right now, in general, because they've had nothing else going on really. They got a new ride opening up. Sure, Guardians Galaxy is going to be a, a pretty big hit. Yeah, as long as you don't uh, throw up on it, like a lot of people are. And, uh, yeah. So, now that we've gotten uh, that out the way, I think it's time for us to get into our first segment of the show where we will be discussing things that have happened in the past on this day in Disney history. If you had it to do over again, would you do any part of it differently? Well, if I had it to do over again, uh, I think... uh, No, I don't think I would. (laughs) All right, now it's time for this day in Disney history, starting off with May 15th, 1974. Card Walker, then Disney president and chief operating officer, announces to a meeting of the American Marketing Association that Walt Disney Productions will be moving ahead in a phased program with the development of Walt Disney's concept for Epcot. Opening on October 1st, 1982, Epcot was estimated to have cost between $800 million and $1.4 billion in 1982 dollars. With today's inflation, it would cost an estimated $2.4 billion. May 16th, 1990. Muppet creator, filmmaker, and television producer Jim Henson dies of pneumonia less than 24 hours after being rushed to a New York hospital. 
The 53-year-old was misdiagnosed earlier in the week, and had he been put on antibiotics only eight hours earlier, it is believed Henson would have survived. He was completing negotiations with the Disney Company to include his Muppets at their theme parks at the time of his death. And then just one year later, on May 16, 1991, Jim Henson's Muppet Vision 3D opens at Disney's MGM Studios theme park at Walt Disney World. The attraction is housed in a 500-plus seat multimedia 3D theater located in a further expansion of the backlot annex area. The late Jim Henson directed the film and supplied the voices of Kermit the Frog, Waldorf, and the Swedish Chef. A second version opened at Disney's California Adventure in Hollywood Pictures backlot on February 8, 2001. Interestingly enough, that is a very similar manner in which my grandfather on my father's side passed away. Oh, jeez. It's terrible. In his case, they left him outside in the ambulance for too long with pneumonia, and it got worse, and... Hmm. Could not recover. Brutal. Sorry, honey. May 20th, 1973. Uh, it was about, uh, let's see, four years, I think, five years before uh, Jamie was born, my sister. Disney World's Tom Sawyer Island, the Tom Sawyer Rafts, the Plaza Swan Boats, and the Richard F. Irvine, Walt Disney's second Liberty Square Riverboat, all first opened at the Magic Kingdom in Florida. A huge outdoor playground, Tom Sawyer's Island, located in the middle of Rivers of America, is inspired by the famous works of author Mark Twain. It features Injun Joe's Cave, Magnetic Mystery Mine, and Old Fort Sam's Clemens. I've never been. Still, uh, to this day. This is a really fun place I definitely enjoy going to. If you've never been, I definitely recommend it. It's one, one thing about it that's nice is it's not really that crowded, and there's some really nice spots along the waterway that have some rocking chairs you can sit, and there's a, usually a pair... Uh, you can sit in that, look directly across to Thunder Mountain Railroad, and you can watch the roller coaster over there and have a nice little rock in the shade and the breeze. Uh, there's also a restaurant, kind of an ice cream shop on there. Um, having a brain fart. Polly. Yes, thank you. <coughs> but that is only open for like a month a year. Yeah, it's like super seasonal. Uh, but they have like a the Tom Sawyer rafts that you can take across that uh, the cast member pilots you over. And uh, one of the last times I've been on that, they put too many of us on the last raft to mainland, and it started to go underwater. And I had Birkenstocks on at the time, so they got completely soaked. And, I mean, literally the water was probably, I would say, ankle deep or a little bit higher. Aunt Polly's. Aunt Polly's, yes, thank you. That's the restaurant we were talking about. Best french fries in town. Um, and they served hot dogs and ice cream. Way to rub it in. Sorry. But, yeah, that was fun. So I had to walk around the rest of my day at Magic Kingdom in wet Birkenstocks. And I think I ended up throwing them away at the end of the day, like $130 pair of shoes. But uh, it's a lot of fun. But also on this day, the Swan Boats also opened, and the Plaza Swan Boats would take guests on a peaceful trip around the main hub of Main Street, which you see the big canals there that go around Cinderella's Castle and stuff. Uh, that's where the Swan Boats would go. Now, the 12 boats were powered by natural gas engines and were designed to run with an electric guidance system. Unfortunately, the system will fail early in the attraction's life, and give way to a new steering mechanism. Two jets of water below the hull, one in the front and one in the back, that can swivel 360 degrees and move the boat in any direction. That's what she said. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, the Swan Boats would eventually close in August of 1983. Also, the Richard F. Irvine, the Magic Kingdom's second riverboat, the Admiral Joe Fowler, was the first. It is named for Dick F. Irvine, a set designer with a degree in architecture. He started working at Disney Studios in 1942 and in 1953 was asked to join the Disneyland team as an early Imagineer. 
Guests can board the riverboat and travel the rivers of America from Liberty Square. The Richard F. Irvine will be completely refurbished and renamed in 1996 as the Liberty Bell Riverboat, as we know it now. Uh, but uh, the fer- uh, paddle boats that take you back and forth from the Transportation and Ticket Center to Magic Kingdom, uh, those are now named the Admiral Joe Fowler and Dick F. Irvine. And Admiral Joe Fowler was the head project manager that helped get Magic Kingdom built. Uh, May 27th, 2017. Uh, Pandora, the World of Avatar, located within Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park at Walt Disney World, opens to the general public. Set a generation after the events of the Avatar film, the area is based upon the fictional exoplanetary moon Pandora and features Pandora's floating mountains, alien wildlife, and bioluminescent plants. Attractions include Avatar Flight of Passage, an incredible 3D flying simulator where guests fly on a back of a banshee over the landscape of Pandora, and also Navi River Journey, which is fun and has an incredible animatronic in it, worth to see at least once. Uh, it's a dark boat ride that goes through the Cab Savan River. After a long-awaited return to theaters, Avatar 2 The Way of the Water uh, released a new trailer before the newest Marvel film, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which is slated to be released which is slated to be released to theaters on December 16th, 2022, my birthday, and the last two of the new Avatar trilogies of sequels releasing in 2024 and 2026. Also on this day in May, which is May 27th, 2017, to the dismay of many Disney fans, the Tower of Terror Guardians of Galaxy Mission Breakout, an accelerated drop tower dark ride attraction, opens at Disney's California Adventure. Like many Disney fans out there, as soon as they experience the updated attraction, their original opinion of the changed theming being a mistake went out the window with the cinnamon-dusted fingers from the churro they smashed into their pie holes while on the queue for the ride. Based on the Marvel comic characters, it depicts Rocket Raccoon recruiting guests to attempt to free the remaining Guardians of the Galaxy from the display within the Collector's Fortress. The attraction uses the same infrastructure and ride system as the previous attraction, the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. And now that we have discussed the past, it is now time for us to get into the present and future happenings within the Disneyverse. In our next segment, to infinity and your mom. To infinity and your mom. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. That's not right. You sure? No, that's not right. I'm pretty sure that's it. No, 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 let me show you. To insanity and a blonde. What do you even... That's how it goes. Saying. No, that's how it goes. To immunity and respond. To indecency to and... Infrequently. Hey, hey, guys, you got it all wrong. It's to infinity and beyond. All right. So, we're going to talk about some stuff that's going on at Disney right now. Hell yeah, lay it on us, honey. So, my favorite, I think, uh, headline from this week is, Disney World cast member tries to wrangle Snake at Magic Kingdom. I saw that and I wanted to read it and I'm glad you're about to talk about it because I haven't read it yet. It's so hilarious. So, there was a snake and you know how the uh, cast members, yeah, the, like, like the higher up cast members have the little grabby things. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm falling and I can't get up. Mm-hmm. Uh, grab things. Um, apparently, they were trying to remove the snake with one of those. Mm. Doesn't go too well. I can't imagine. It retreated into some bushes. Damn. It was just a little black uh, 
garden snake. That's not what they're called. Remember like, a, like a black racer or a king snake? Remember when I took that video of the little teeny tiny one that was at um, Saratoga Springs when Amy and I were on vacation and it was like the teeny little squiggly snake? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like that, but... A little bigger. Larger. Well, they need to be there. Keeps the rats away, like the feral cats that they may release into the park at night. I don't know if there's cats at Epcot, but... I don't know. Someone said the cast member didn't seem faced by it. She's probably done it before. Hmm. You go, cast member. You go. It's pretty funny. This one pissed me off. Mm-mm. And it's not really like news. It was just as I was searching for news, this headline came across and it just really angered me. Although Jason has some of his own opinions on this, but it says Disney World's worst park can become its best. And they're talking about Epcot. Mm. Epcot is the best park. Minus... Mm. The edition of the Frozen Ever After show. Can we just talk about how if we wanted to like make it more family friendly, we made it like a Thor ride. So it still had some sort of historical value and not just. Only if they use Chris Hemworth. Craptastic. Chris, Chris Hemsworth. Frozen? Well, obviously they would. But yes. So there's that. They're just talking about how they're getting a new roller coaster and blah, 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 blah. And now it's getting better. But coming from. Like an old old school Epcot fan, uh, I definitely miss our old Epcot, and I'll be happy when it's all done, the construction is done, and I can actually see the park as it is whole, and the changes in the evolution it's going through. Biggest issue I have is the philosophies and concepts of what they're now planning and uh, kind of creating within these spaces, these neighborhoods, quote unquote. I think is just it's. Gonna take time to get used to, but I still like the creation's name or the connection's name. I get the concepts behind the names. So did did I tell you my theory? No. What they should have done? So Epcot is an acronym. Mm-hmm. Initialism, actually. I mean technically an acronym because it spells out a word. Um why not name every single shop slash restaurant or whatever in that little area? After a letter in Epcot. So it spells out Epcot in a little circle. You have play. That's coming. That's your P. Connections. I mean, creations was the C. Eats. I mean, maybe not. But enjoy. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are plenty of other E words that could have worked for the restaurant. And then the O and the T could have been something. Right? Yep. Would have been so much more creative. Come on. Come yep. on, Disney. I agree. And I, I think with this kind of simplicity to the names that they're calling things they're making it a little bit too simple because i hear the word connections and i'm like connections okay is it like is this a a name for maybe a place that they have like technology connections Connections feels like where i get the monorail from right i can see that yeah like a hub connecting you from magic kingdom to and like i understand theoretically it's like connecting people through food and like the whole murals on the wall kind of like show that but i I feel like conceptually when you walk in it doesn't feel very connected since starbucks is on one side and the food is like on the complete other and just like there's this big wall that separates you from the food ordering line and so i feel like not really connected I guess the connection happens at the table when you sit around with your friends and family and you eat your pizza and your french fries and your cheeseburgers. Meatball pizza. And your Mickey ear ice cream. I don't know that they have that. And your Coke products to drink. 
Yes. Yeah. But no mellow yellow. What is it? What, what I do get though is which is kind of interesting that you said the monorail idea, you know, like a connection between Epcot and Magic Kingdom, is that the doors say "Please stand clear of the door," which is the first thing you hear on the monologue script. de los puertas. Exactly. So next, a, there are now more walls up next to Spaceship Earth on the right-hand side. Mm-hmm. So that is exciting because that's where play is going, right? I mean, uh, the Moana experience. Yeah. So that might be opening up very soon, which is very exciting. Yeah, because I was uh, coming into work and I remember seeing a flatbed with a big chicken wire kind of sculpture thingy on there. I was like, oh, what, the, what the hell is that for? And then I remember seeing the very top of it as we were in uh, Epcot for Flower and Garden last couple weeks back. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that, talked about that. that was the rock thing that I saw that they're putting rocks in. And then I heard a joke about the rock being included in the Moana Gardens, and there's going to be lots of rocks. I mean, he should be, because he is Maui. Mm-hmm. So, Jason already touched upon Tron, so that's the thing. Let's see. Uh, there's some construction at Hollywood Studios. Construction at the Disney World Hotels, some construction at the Polynesian. They're doing some refacing at the boardwalk. There's some yacht club construction. So it's, it's kind of that kind of year. We're time of year. We're doing spring cleaning, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ESPN zone closed and it's going to become something else. I saw something. It has not been the ESPN zone in a really long time. And now it's supposed to be like an Under Armour store or something like that, right? Okay. Something like that. Yeah. I don't remember exactly. I'm not sure. I looked it up the other day, but it's been closed for a very long time. How's it? I have never been. I went in 2009. It's been closed every single other visit I've been to since then. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, we did go to Cast Connections, one thing we did do while we were out and about while Julie was looking up something. And uh, we noticed that they had a lot of stuff from the NBA experience. And they had even more before that, they were saying. Yeah. Like the entire section was all of the NBA store stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Maybe cast members were able to uh, put some of that stuff online and make a little extra money on it since they weren't making lots uh, in general or during COVID. Who knows? Apparently, as of March 11th, it was permanently closed, but I swear it was closed way before that, but okay. Yeah, because the marquee was always lit up at night. I remember that much, even up until COVID times, which doesn't mean anything, obviously. Just Disney's probably going to have it lit up, but I remember- Ah, uh, yes. It is going to be the Cake Bake Shop. There you go. Yeah, totally. Yep. Uh, we did have ice cream out there, which was incredible. Yeah, because I think the store was still open, the ESPN's own store. I think that okay. must have been what- officially closed okay cool uh so jason already went over this one so i'm gonna delete that one tron ride at disney world video show sorry that was me you're still making noise video shows first full speed launch test of new coaster gnarly halfway to the tron tron zone <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny thank you uh disney world now has its first black owned food truck thanks to husband and wife duo behind local green orlando and they were asked to come down to florida to hang out at disney springs which i think is super awesome i mean everything looks delicious like ugh, just looks amazing awesome um they have one that's called a rapper's delight nice and a Badu. Badu, 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 Badu. Or badu, like badu, badu. Erica so Badu. So each item on the menu is named after a hip-hop... Sorry. 
Every item on the menu is named after a hip-hop artist or song. Super, super cool. I dig it. But uh, it's very exciting. Really heartwarming story. And uh, I don't want to get into it because it's pretty sad. But definitely read uh, about it a little bit more. It's just, it's really... Yeah, we'll put a link to the article. Really heartwarming story. If you want to send me that link, honey. Yep. I'm excited about this. They have some new multiverse of merchandise. Oh, ha, 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 ha. They have some new multiverse of madness merchandise in Disneyland. It's very... They have a t-shirt that's like looks like a comic book cover, which is really cool. They have some figurines. They have America Chavez. This top looks like it's a basketball, which is kind of comical. Um, but so that's pretty cool. I really like the comic book t-shirt a lot. A lot, a lot. They have a hoodie that actually looks like really cheap. Uh-uh. Uh, the t-shirt's kind of cool. It does look like a basketball, but it's supposed to be like what holds the time stone in this little... Oh, yeah. The Hour of Magamora or something like that it's called. Yeah. Probably mispronouncing it, but, you know, forgive me. Um, but that's super fun. And then they have a full action figure set of all the characters from... Multiverse of Madness, which is pretty cool. Nice. Eye of Agamotto. Yeah, there you go. I have I have Agamotto. Agamotto. Ag- I have oh I have Agamotto. I should know that. Yep. The America Chavez doll is pretty cool, except they are missing one key part of her outfit, which is that uh, LGBTQ pride pin that she wore the entire movie, which was amazing. They probably couldn't just make it that small. Oh no! Just kidding. It's there. Was it painted? Nope. It's there. So cool. Okay, so that was a really cool feature that I appreciated from the movie that is there. Look at it. Oh, yeah. So cool. I had to come talk on a Julie's microphone. Hi. My audio levels are not fit for you, so go away. So it's the uh, Legend series for those that are figure collectors. Action figures. Ooh. The spider bots are getting a Doctor Strange-themed tactical upgrade set. Ooh. Fancy pants. That's fun. Oh, those spiders are so cute. Yeah, they super are. Yep, it's getting a little like shield like that they make, but oh, obviously yeah. it's fully gold and solid and not cool. Like Not a projected hologram thing? Correct. That might actually work. Oh, gosh. They also have a new line of Inside Out stuff mm-hmm. that they also have at Hollywood Studios that are just bright colors and absolutely gorgeous stuff. Clothes? Yeah. It's like perfect for... Interesting. For um, for the spring, but they have like sweatpants and shirts and water that bottles and stuff. It's really really fun. Might be the shirts I've seen some guests wearing. They were like super bright colors, like I like I love the new Epcot shirt pattern that we looked at. You know, oh yes, <clears throat> all those crazy bright colors. But they have like a unicorn dress and That's a funny. Bing Bong T-shirt. Oh, Bing Bong notebooks, a hilarious stuffy of the unicorn holding like a coffee mug with a rainbow on it cute they have and i don't know if they're gonna get this at disney world but i want it so bad a dapper dan's lounge fly oh does it come in all the all four colors it's the four dapper dan's and there's the front pocket is a little street car it's pretty amazing and then there are little Images of them all singing around Magic Kingdom. 
<laughs> That's super gnarly. I love it so much. I want it so bad. Oh, and there's a hat, baby. Oh. We did get the new... Jason was talking about the merchandise, but mm. the lounge fly for the... Explorer, yeah, the electric light parade. And I actually had a really magical moment with Cast at Magic Kingdom. I, Jason, <laughs> was like, hey, the pirate stuff is out for Mickey's main attraction. And I was like, yes, I will find the key. So Jason had already gone to Epcot. So I made a park reservation at Epcot and immediately went to Inwell Kingdom because Inwell Kingdom is usually where they have it. They did not. Sadly. But at Magic Kingdom, I learned about... I mean, when I was at Animal Kingdom, I learned that they had released the Electric Light Parade stuff at Disney World, not just Disneyland. And I really hoped that we would get the popcorn bucket and zipper, but alas. Not to be. But they had sold out, and so I went to Magic Kingdom because I was still looking for the key. Turns out, nowhere got the key, and I finally got it yesterday. For pirates, not for this. And... So I was asking around about, you know, the electric rally parade stuff and nowhere had it. So before I went home, I was like, I'm going to get us some Mickey cake pops because they have those again. And ooh, you can also customize your own at Goofy's delicious treaty area spot um, in Disney Springs. They were delicious. What's it called? Goofy's. Goofy's candy shop. Maybe. Goofy's Candy Connection, Goofy's Candy Shop. You know what I'm talking about, y'all. So you can customize them there. Anyway, so I get some cake pops, and I'm talking to the cashiers, and I'm like, oh my god, I just want all the electrical light parade stuff, and it doesn't exist anywhere. And they were like, psst, want to know a secret? That shop over there. Yeah, you know where. They might have some. So I walked over to the hidden shop by the bathrooms, in Tony's Town Square area. I can't remember what that building is called. And they have the ears. So I did not get the backpack, but I did get the ears at that point, and then we found the backpack this weekend. So I got that too. But it was really magical, and I went back and let the girls know that they did have plenty of ears that they could also get. So that was some fun Disney magic right there. Mm-hmm. I was super excited for it too, because I'll be wearing the lounge fly, which also has a little holder for the ears on them too. They have plushies. Yeah. They have an Elliot plushie. And a little snail plushie. Hmm. That's fun. I wonder if you can squeeze them and they start off the music. But yeah, there's actually a lot of merchandise in Disneyland. They have some new Lilo and Stitch stuff. Oh, one thing that I'm very upset about, Disney, is that all of your aprons are themed towards little girls. And I wanted to buy my little nephew one and I couldn't because they were too girly. Boys like to cook too. Uh, one of the turning red toys is a tail. Okay, can we just talk about the turning red merchandise for a second? Yeah, it all sucks. Except for like, no, I like no, the no, hat no. with the ears on it. It's cute. It's not that everything <clears throat> sucks. It's that the packaging mm-hmm. is massive for yeah. no reason. It Wasn't it like a pin set and it was like four teeny tiny pins on this massive, massive card? Yeah. It was just kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But this set is cute. It has a tail and ears and paws. Oh, that's fun. I love it. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, oh, the little like rabbit's tail is kind of cute, keychain, but obviously the. Yeah, it's it's interesting too because it, all that stuff kind of goes along with the Zootopia land that's opening, space opening up over in uh, Hong Kong, I think, right? And they're going to have all the different ears for the animals and stuff. 
which is cute as shit. They'll probably have little tails, you know. So they also have new new emos, mm. Moana, Rapunzel, some of the princesses. They look a little wonky, but that's okay. And they're so overpriced. Even with a discount, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, and and that skirt, sunglasses, and little top is so adorable, though. I can't imagine they don't have this in Disney World, but it is a orange bird, big feet plushie, and he smells like oranges. And I want him. I saw something else, orange bird, the other day. Maybe it was a statue figurine thing. Oh, but that being said, for uh, walking into cast services last week and a half ago, they had a six-foot orange bird sculpture in uh, in there for us to take pictures with. They have a new Mandalorian tumbler. Fun at Galax at Galac Galaxies Galactic Grill in Disneyland, and it's metal. That's nice. Interesting. It's nice. It's like the Star Wars one that they have as the like refillable mug mm-hmm. at the resorts. Um, oh, okay. And it just comes with a fountain beverage. It's not refillable, this one, because it's in the park. But it's pretty cool. It's like Mando with the little... I dig. The little dude. Oh, and Ahsoka is on it. Ahsoka? And Boba Fett. Nice. Like Jason Stole My Thunder, the Electric Light Parade returned to Disneyland for the... 50th anniversary of the parade mm-hmm. which is very nice oh i miss it so much it's so much fun it's just like something so completely different and makes me sad that we don't ever get it we might i think the reason that we're not getting it right now because the 50th is such a madhouse at magic kingdom for the show but they bring it back every year at disneyland and we never get it oh i know but the, the streets the way that they're set up right now at the hub and everything for us the way they bring the parade through there's just too many people. They can't do both. Because they used to show it twice a night. And people, not everybody stayed for Wishes. Like, the crowds were not that big for Wishes. I mean, I'm sure they want to, like, kick people out. But they could do fireworks at 9. And then do mm-hmm. the electric light parade to close out the park. Yeah. And then they would be able to manage it because they manage it for the Festival of Fantasies and stuff. Anyway, so there is a new Marvel Pride bag out, which is very exciting because the Pride merchandise is coming again to the parks. And it is all of the logos for all the characters, and they are all rainbow. And it's on a black background, and I love it. I'm not usually a big fan of, like, the all-over patterns. My first bag was, and I think I have a couple others. But I like the really, like, funky, like, different ones. But the straps for this are rainbow so it's a really, really, really nice bag. Yes, Neat. we will own one. Oh, and Marvel is rainbow on the inside for the inside pattern. Nice. But yeah, there's a bunch of Pride stuff that is happening. Yeah, we'll get into all that uh, next month, huh? 100% of profits are benefiting LGBTQIA plus organizations, which is pretty cool. But it's a lot of Marvel stuff, which is really great. So there's like Marvel sweatshirt, Marvel t-shirts that all have the rainbow pride logos on them which is red incredible and the t-shirt is actually i mean the sweatshirt is white with the little logos like the backpack has which is cool and then oh this is awesome so the shirt says power heroic courage strong protect bold and each of the o's and all of them is a different logo and then it is the rainbow and then there's some regular pride stuff Ooh, i like that pride mug with the stripes it looks like there is a dog leash and collar makes sense but yeah there's a lot of fun pride stuff this 
Still, the original Pride ears were my favorite. Ooh, Star Wars has some Pride stuff going on. A nice Rainbow Marvel hat that has those logos across the back, too. So they did really good with the theming for the, the Marvel stuff, I think, which makes me happy. Hell yeah. So now we have one more last segment to get into. So let's get into it, babe, and what the Forky Foods. I want you to meet Forky. Uh, hi. Hello. Hi. Ah. <gasps> and ladders. All right, babe, take it away. Okay, so I had a lovely reservation at La Crotterie de Paris. I have no idea if that's how it's pronounced. I tried. Hey, it sounded pretty sexy to me. They make crepes. They are delicious. I have seen so many people complain about how these crepes don't look like real crepes. Well, clearly you've never had a real crepe from... Francais? Yes, I can't remember exactly Brittany region. Here's the deal. They may not look like your typical dessert creperie, but let me explain this to you. And Disney actually does a great job explaining it on their menu, so I'm going to read it verbatim. Savory crepes in Brittany are made with buckwheat flour and are called galettes. Mm. All of our galettes are made with specially imported buckwheat flour from Brittany and are gluten-friendly. Okay. Buckwheat say ote. So Buckwheat flour is not white. So when the crepes are made... They're a little brownish? They're brown. So yes, they are not what you are used to, but they are very much... Crappy. ...what they are supposed to be and very authentic. Nice. So when you go there, don't expect your normal run-of-the-mill crepes, which if you're getting a dessert crepe, those are the crepe shells you are used to. Yep. Do not knock it. And oh, I was so sad. So the girl sitting next... And I mean, I was stuffed after this. I got an appetizer, a galette, and a pastry crepe. And it was all inclusive, right? In the and price. it was in, in a glass of... Um, Sherry? Cider. Cider. So that was all included in the price. And like, I was, I was pretty full at the end of it. But there were two girls sitting next to me who ordered the same thing and left half of their regular galette and then half of their dessert crepes and i don't know if they just didn't like them were they recording and videoing themselves no they were just there on lunch and they were like let's go here i was like can i have the rest of your crepes that you're not finishing please they were so good oh my gosh Hmm. sounds amazing so yes go there enjoy it don't be put off by the brown crepe aka galette because it is delicious so you want to do that after you go on the ride if you're going to go on Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. I wouldn't recommend going on I before. don't think it was that bad. It, the, the ride can be a little nauseating. If you're not used to 3D glasses and twisting and turning and spinning around and stuff. I recommend afterwards. And do you need to make reservations for this? How does it work? Can you walk up and get in? Uh, so they have an outdoor quick service. And then they also have a sit down inside. So for the sit down. So the sit down is where they have the prefix menu. Right. And you need a reservation. Well, I mean, you could also walk in. There were not that many people. And it mm-hmm. didn't seem like the walk-in line was, uh, walk up, whatever it's called, line was completely full. But I had a reservation. Okay, cool. Heck and yeah. then the outside, you can get savory and dessert crepes. Um, you just can't do like the sit-down prefix. Right on. Well, um, one thing I just realized as we're talking about prefix menus and 
things that have opened recently. Oh, sorry. Another quick story about that. So yeah. I met, actually, so I met a really cute couple from upstate New York who are sitting next to me on my other side that were just adorable. And I talked to the wife. They were celebrating their 47th wedding anniversary. Amazing. Which was super cute. And they were just like still, like you could tell they just still loved to have fun. Um, but it was funny because I would, was having a conversation with her and we were laughing like crazy while he was in the restroom and then they flip-flopped and, you know, I was having fun conversations you know with him as well and she comes out of the bathroom and they're ready to go and he's like but i'm talking to my new best friend here <laughs> it was just the cutest thing ever that's hilarious but yeah the the people on the other side of me the ones that didn't finish all their food this is the story i wanted to tell you they got uh, a sorbet with one of their um crepes i think it was a raspberry sorbet mm. but one of the girls kept going i really like the ice cream the ice cream is really good i really like the ice cream I think I'm going to finish the ice cream. And at one point, her friend goes, it's called sorbet. <laughs> I can't remember if it's her or if it was the waiter that was like, oh, you like the sorbet? Like, just kind of <laughs> to be like, you're very wrong. But yeah. Nice. So on the prefix menu thing, it got me thinking, uh, and new things that have opened, is the one and only Space 220 that we have not yet experienced. And hopefully one of these days we will. Um, from what I've heard just outside of uh, friends that have eaten there and enjoyed it uh, that expect to pay 65 bucks a person for the meal and you can order it at the bar if you'd like so you can wait outside on standby maybe two three hours and then eventually get a bar seat uh, or you can go inside and get a window seat um, some vantage points are better than others there are some fun hidden details in the screens and the videos that play just some silly stuff um, but overall, I definitely want to experience this place. Julie and I will definitely get in there one of these days if we can get a reservation ever. And then we'll give a full review to you guys to let you know if it's even worth uh, making the reservation for it uh, in the near future. So that being said, I think we have covered... You can also do walk up to the lounge. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Wait, wait in line for it. And Two to that's hours. something that you would have to go early to, to get up to because they close it at a certain time. And Yeah. All that jazz. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I we appreciate you guys uh, just hanging on and listening all the way through all of our ramblings and what have you uh, as we do this long ass part two of the fiftieth review and also the current happenings and things in Disney. Uh, Julie said she had a competition contest something she wanted to talk about before we get out of here. So I sang a lot of songs during this episode, mm. and as Jason said previously, we have collected a plethora of fun items from the parks that we want to give away. So I want you to tell me, one, how many songs I sang, but two, what were the songs? Mm, that's fun. Heck yeah, so look... And get that in, and let us know. And... We will announce a winner if there's more than one of you that gets the answer correct. We'll announce a winner anyways. Well, I mean, we'll have a raffle is what I meant. For. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll have, if there's more than one person gets it right, we'll definitely pick it at random. And hopefully uh, you will, all listening to this, get it right and respond. Uh, we'll do a Instagram post as well as... Uh, so basically, if you want to... You can contact us with your answer by either sending us a DM on Instagram, which is fyeah underscore Disney, or you can send us an email, which is fyeahdsny 
at gmail.com. I'll have those links for both of those in our link down below in the, in the uh, information. Show notes. Show notes. Yeah, the show notes, that thing. And also, if you're not yet following us on Instagram, uh, come follow us on Instagram. We would love to get to know you as a listener. And eventually, we're going to start doing some live things, getting ourselves back in the parks as... I'm not saying things are getting back to normal, but things are definitely feeling a lot better than they were last year. And uh, Julie and I will be getting back on track with the shows, etc. So thanks for those who have waited forever for us to get a new episode out. And if you're new to the show, thank you for tuning in to this one. Uh, we have 30 other episodes behind this, ranging everything and anything from a two-part series we did on the Haunted Mansion. Uh, and also lots of fun reviews and talks about just past, present, and uh, future of Disney. So, anything else, babe, before we go? That's it. So, until next time, as the great Walt Disney once said, if you believe in a thing, believe in it all the way. If you would like to join a jamboree, there's a simple rule that's compulsory. Mortals pay a token fee. Rest in peace, the haunting's free. So hurry back.